into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. What's the Nirvana lyric we can start on? Here we are. Hello, 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 hello. We all did, we all did different ones at the same time. Dude, pick, <laughs> pick one, and then we'll read. We'll do it with grunge. How about everyone is gay? <laughs> let's, let's do the that one song that people don't like to say the words of out loud because it's offensive. Oh, wave me. Yeah, wife me, please. <laughs> wife me. You know that Take was my the, wife, please. The Nirvana song. I'm sure people know this, but that was what Walmart had them change the name of the song to when it was released on. To wife me? What does wife mean? I don't know. I guess sort of a sort of a mildly sexual thing. That doesn't work at all. Sometimes <laughs> they have to get really creative with those, and they're really good. Like if you watch The Big Lebowski on TV, when he's yelling. Uh, this is what happens when you fuck a stranger in the ass. They had to change it to this is what happens when you find a stranger in the Alps, which is much weirder. <laughs> what does happen when you find a stranger in the Alps? I think a lot you. of us have been wondering. Rescue them, right? Because <laughs> they're probably up there uh, by accident and they're stuck, so you got to get them down. I think they're the buried under snow. Is that they're up there because they're crazy. And if you find them, they're, they've gone crazy from being in the Alps and they want to eat you. And so they. That's a damn fact. Break your car. It doesn't come up in the movie, but it is an important issue nonetheless. <laughs> it's implied, I think. I was going to say, here we are now, entertainers, because we're entertainers. And then it's I forgot. entertain yeah, us. True. No shit, you're right. That would be. That would suck. Us. That would actually suck if the lyric was, here we are now, entertainers. Like he's like welcoming you to a Six Flags or something. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> it sounds like something Joker would say. Here we are now, entertainers. Oh, yeah, like... Um, I don't know why I give him that accent, but... No, that was uh, Mark Hamill Hammer Joker. Guy. Oh, yeah. If he was welcoming you somewhere. Here Probably to an asylum or something. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. So myself. That was a Batman Tash Joker, Mark Hamill. He's welcoming Batman to like an amusement park that he lured him into. Right. Like one of those old animated series episodes. He's like, here we are now. I can't even do it. Here we are now, Batman. <laughs> I just always do Bane. I can't get him out of my fucking head. <laughs> um, why are we talking about it? Well... <laughs> So, the Nirvana baby is in the news. Yeah, that's right. And he's out of goddamn control. He's pissed. This Nirvana baby, you've seen him in a pool your entire life, throwing his his big baby dick around <laughs> the front of your album, of the Nevermind album, 25 years ago. Almost 30 by this point. Maybe it is 30. Yeah, I think it's 30. Yeah. 
Here's the news, kitty cat. I'm on NewYorkPost.com. Pod Damn America scoop of reading New York Post. The Nirvana baby is suing the the record label and Nirvana and everybody on the, the grounds of being a baby. It is kind of child porn. That's what um, the suit is. He is a baby. Yeah. You have to understand. He's not going to be rational about this. He's, like, he's not going to be rational about it. He's upset. It's, he's tired. He's in a pool. He's a baby. Hey, it's did a they just sp- throw him in a pool? <laughs> baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the exact story behind it, uh, but the, I think the, that... the thought I've had every time we get that album cover is like somebody's got to get that baby out of that pool. <laughs> right, that's not safe. <laughs> is it child Especially pornography it's a... if it's just a baby swimming and you can see his dick? Because here's my problem with this. I mean, I'm for we should make that legally child pornography because I don't want to see baby dicks. But everyone who has a baby on like social media doesn't understand that you don't want to see their baby's dick. So there's you're constantly just like scrolling through Facebook or Instagram, and then some person you knew ten years ago is like, "Look, my baby's taking a bath," and there it is, just right. baby dick. Well, and you're like, "Look at your own videos in the bathtub." You're Daddy. like, "Am I gonna be on a fucking watch list because you wanted to show me your baby?" Like I didn't choose this. I think he's. Am I the only adult in the room? I don't mind seeing a baby dick. When you're a baby, that's like twenty percent of your body. <laughs> There's no way to cover a baby dick. Right. I think in it's most fine. situations. Here's the thing. I was having this discussion, and all he has to prove, really, is that someone out there has gotten off to this picture, which is an argument for it being pornography. But at the same time, people have gotten off to all kinds of pictures about you know inanimate objects so this, this sounds suspicious to me but i do trust your background in law it's <laughs> it's also i think it would be a different situation if the baby was uncircumcised because then you wouldn't be able to see the full this is like a you you see everything uh, a lot of people are saying that right <laughs> um, <laughs> the, the foreskin is like a mask you're saying yes exactly the other thing too is, and this is where I kind of, this is where I kind of sympathize with uh, what's his name, Elber or whatever. His name um, is Spencer Eldon, and they Spencer. tear him to fucking pieces in this New York Post article. <laughs> Good lord, okay. it's the roast hour. I can kind of Brooklyn Ave. I can kind of see where he's coming from because imagine your entire conscious life. You walk around, people don't know who you are, but they have seen your genitalia. That must be so surreal and just mess with your sense of consciousness. Well, it doesn't look the same anymore, I don't think. No, but the fact that people have seen you naked, uh, but they don't know who you are. That's the thing about being a baby. It sort of has an anonymizing impact because he's he hasn't – it's not like he gets recognized – well, unless and he still looks like that. I do. I, <laughs> he looks like Kurt Cobain, which is a strange he, This is the big takeaway I had from this article. So I read this entire New York Post article, which is just tearing this man to pieces for like a thousand words. But it has a lot of pictures of him. And he has like modeled his hair and entire look into like looking exactly like Kurt Cobain to the extent where the video is playing of him talking about it. And you, you ask yourself like, did they make a hologram of Kurt Cobain? 
This is just what I think he would look like. Yeah, um, I feel like he probably doesn't think he can escape. He's just, that's probably, his sense of self is probably screwed up. And so he feels like he has to be Kurt Cobain. It's a step removed from being like Kurt Cobain's son, is you're the naked baby on his album cover. Yeah, this is kind of like that guy in Arkansas that says he's Bill Clinton's son and just tweets at him constantly. Have you ever seen that? No. He's like half black, but he looks like Bill Clinton, and it's very... Bill Clinton threw me in a pool when I was just born. (laughs) (laughs) He's like obsessed with him, and it's very unclear whether he's a Clinton bastard or he's just a guy who just found out he looks like Bill Clinton and is trying to make money (laughs) off of this. I mean, I would not be at all surprised if he's biological. Uh, if you, have you seen Primary Colors? No. Maybe we should do a bonus episode about that. But Maybe. Primary I Colors... I don't think we've really spoken on Bill Clinton yet. <laughs> uh, primary Colors, 1998 film, is was based on a novel written by Joe Klein, who was a reporter, but he wrote the novel anonymously, and it had some dirt in it, including an illegitimate child, which is in the movie as well. Um, so that could have been an open secret around the sort of the press corps that Bill Clinton did. Maybe the Nirvana baby is an illegitimate child of Kurt Cobain. Of Kurt Cobain. And that's why he threw them in the pool to try to get rid of them. Get rid of the evidence. Unsuspectingly, there's a masterful photographer down there, right? And he catches (laughs) it. And now he's stuck in this situation where, oh my God, my bastard, like in Game of Thrones, try and get rid of your bastard. He's but now like on the album cover, and he's forever going to be reminding me that I was unfaithful to Courtney Love, and this is why Kurt Cobain killed himself because the stress of knowing that Courtney was going to find out that the baby he threw in the pool was a baby that, that he had with, I'm guessing Gwen Stefani or somebody. Else, I'm just. It's probably Gwen Stefani. You know how when you have a baby, the the mother is exhausted from shoving that whole baby out, and she's like, "Woof, you hold it," and they give it to the dad for a minute. Yeah. So the order of events here would be like Kurt Cobain holds your new son, and then he just like Kobe's it into the pool, <laughs> ten feet downtown. Yeah. There's a dollar bill in there. The baby's swimming after the dollar bill. All right. You and gotta use the photographer. Like that. A, f- a submariner photographer who's just posted up at the bottom of Kurt Cobain's pool at all times because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. This is. Let me read two sentences of this article because I feel like we're doing some important journalism and the New York Post is not doing any of it. These are the last two sentences of the first paragraph. Uh, some people chase fame their whole lives. Spencer Eldon got it in a 15-minute photo shoot when he was four months old and can boast that he has the most iconic wiener since the formation of oscar meyer how many guys are blessed with a better conversation starter hello ladies bet you five bucks you've already seen my ding dong that's how this opens. what a great what a great way to open a conversation with a lady get some class i mean I, i think they're right that is actually pretty cool I wouldn't say. I bet ding you've dong. already seen my ding dong. <laughs> wouldn't say ding dong, but <laughs> the first thing you gotta know about me is I'm using the word ding dong. <laughs> that I'm would be good if, this would be a great way to to win bets. Have you, have you seen the movie <laughs> Diner? There's a 
a scene, won't spoil anything, but there is a bet among pals. This is 1950s sort of uh, young men. Uh, not a, not exactly something we would do today, but uh, they bet that on a date, the date will touch one of our friends, played by Mickey Rourke's uh, gonads. And he wins the bet Poor through a, a sort of a sneaky maneuver. Uh, and this is a nice way to win bets. Mr. Eldern can say to his buds, I bet you um, that so-and-so will have seen my ding-dong. My ding-dong. Stop yeah. calling it And then that. he can win it. He can win the bet without actually having to sexually harass anybody or charm them into nudity. No, it's brilliant. I bet you you've already seen my dick. And they're like, I know I have it. Yeah. And you're like, ding-dong. Bam, I'm the baby with the, uh, the damn ding-dong. It's a... <laughs> <laughs> We're talking like the writers of the New York Post right now. It's driving me crazy. Those are the words. Those are the words he would use. They speak so musically at that newspaper. Everything has such wordplay and cadence to it. And I then think the like rest- I kind of grew up with mm-hmm. Spencer, if that makes sense. Because I remember I first started got getting into Nirvana when I was like 10. And I was like, wow, that baby is my age. That's, That's because true. it is. Yeah, he's a thirty. He's what? Is he thirty? Oh, oh! I thought you meant that you. No, that guy. Yeah, literally, I got confused. <laughs> I'm sorry. You. That was my bad. No, I was not in Nirvana when I was one. Though that would have been. I cool. thought it was like new take. Ten year olds are babies. <laughs> next, <laughs> next rule. No, but I remember thinking like this kid. I wonder what this kid is doing right now. We're the same age, and I, you know, think about that over the years. Every time I see the the Nevermind cover. So it feels like we've been on the same journey. You should do a photo shoot where you reshoot the picture, but it's you, 30 years old, with your ding-dong out, chasing a dollar bill through a pool. Right, and I am not circumcised, so we can get away with it. Yeah, we can get away with it, because that is not technically a dick if you can't see the head. We all know the laws. Get out there. I will say, I do find it a bit dangerous in retrospect that they had a fish hook floating around by a naked baby. Something could have gone very awry. I wonder if there's that. For safety purposes, I could see where he might be justified in suing. That might be fake, though. Like, they just added it later. Oh, they photoshopped it in? I mean, you're right, though. They did that in real time. This is a 15-minute photo shoot. If they literally did that, they and then like could have caught a baby on a fucking fishing line. That's fucked up. Well, that's another reason why it actually was probably better that he wasn't that he was <laughs> circumcised because he could have caught him by yeah. the right. Give right, him right. a fish hook. Welcome back to the show. We're tackling the issues of the day. Circumcision is it a mask? Yes. I have a question about this. Is there okay. any precedent for this? Like, has any other baby in history found out that they were like the Gerber baby or something and then been really pissed off about it. There was that movie Anastasia, the Disney movie about... Yeah, about Princess Anastasia. Right, yeah. Kind the, of a similar the situation. The Tsar's daughter. <laughs> it's pretty much the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, the same thing. I don't know. I don't think so. I, I mean, I mean, there's I been lawsuits about shit like this. What a weird what, thing to be embarrassed about. You're what did the parent? What was the parents' involvement? I I haven't read this article yet. I will admit. 
I'll tell you. Uh, so they were friends of the photographer, and they received two hundred dollars to chuck their baby in a pool. Which in California, like one out of every three people will do that for you. Yeah, and so the issue is that he didn't get residuals. He didn't get points, so to speak. Yeah, so he, he wanted didn't points get... on it. Okay. I guess that's and justified, but but not really, because it's not like he was involved in producing the album. The media isn't talking about this. The media is, is silent on these issues. I could see going for that. And yeah. I, you might not get it, but I could see going, hey, my dick is on your album cover. <laughs> and it became extremely popular. And the other yeah. guy's like dead. So can right, I so have some of the money? So you can't deny that it was child porn. <laughs> you know what would be really cool? I guess cool? it's just up to Dave Grohl now or something. You, you know what would be really cool if if this there was, you know, this became a movie is if this baby and Francis Bean got together. This, you know what I mean? This baby and who? That would be great. Francis Bean Cobain. Oh, right. Because <laughs> she's around the same age too. We want her to marry someone who looked identical to her father. I mean, Freud may have For been right. For personal reasons. She, I mean, she might be into that. A lot of people yeah. are. And know. it looks like on the 25th anniversary of this in 2016, he was all about it. He was like showing off. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I look just like him now. <laughs> I wonder what happened. Yeah. Money. He Or he realized he could get uh, get some cash. Oh, so he's lying about being traumatized and all I, that stuff. Well, I don't that know. That is the implication of the New York Post article, which is, again, if you can support the New York Post, you should. <laughs> An important outlet for news. They did a New York um, Post article about me. It's uh, The headline was, Comedian cracks ice, gets all wet. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's good, though. I know, I love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's important. Well, this is just one of the issues of the day. There's a lot going on this week. Uh, welcome back to the show. Uh, the whole gang is here. Yeah, Jake is still right. technically in a pyramid-shaped room in Las Vegas, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I threw my back out at a buffet at Excalibur earlier, but I'm back. The tour is over. I'm still here for some reason. I'll be back tomorrow. Wouldn't it be funny if you were in a pyramid-shaped room in a different city? It would be. My thing with this hotel, the Luxor, it's shaped, it's shaped like a pyramid, and it's a very old building. Like it's one of the older casinos in Las Vegas. And it's like falling apart, and I don't think it's surviving the COVID economy very well. So I really hope that like next time I'm back here in like two years or something, it's just a Whataburger or like a Pizza Hut Taco Bell or something. But it's still the pyramid. You know how they do that with old buildings? Like somebody else just moves in and they're like, nope, nothing weird going on here. This definitely didn't used to be the Megadome or whatever. <laughs> this is just the world's largest Whataburger. <laughs> it can fit 10,000 patrons to all enjoy their Whataburger. Yeah. Whataburger indeed. Well, do you know what else is a burger? The eviction moratorium. And it's been struck, it's been chomped down by the Supreme Court of the United States 6 to 3. Yeah, this is going to be a regional bit, but the Wh Whataburger used to have these commercials where, like, you would never see the guy's face. He'd be like, he'd just, like, kind of the side of a guy grilling, and he'd be like, hey there, hungry man. 
you look like you could use some taquitos. And then the commercial would sort of go on from there. But uh, so the Whataburger commercial for the eviction moratorium is, hey there, homeless man. You look like you could use some shelter. Well, you're fucked. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can't come it's on. an extension on that part where uh, you don't get a burger and you uh, have to leave your home. <laughs> you, you can't come on down to Whataburger. <laughs> you can't it's live an here. ad to stay away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have to question the wisdom here. In all seriousness, this is a very traumatic event. We're taking right. it very, very dissimilar seriously. from Whataburger. I also am in agreement. Yeah. It sucks. Um, and even but... more so because now Anders is triggered online. Because <laughs> he got in a fight with this guy about it on the Capitol steps on whether the uh, our politicians were uh, doing lip service about the moratorium or whether they were actually trying to get it. And then he, he triggered a 20-year-old who um, I think you told him to like Go jump in a lake or something? What did you say? Something. I don't remember. I blacked out. Take a hike. Right. Something like that. I called him a dumbass. You called him a dumbass and told him to do a me. lick of research. I remember. It was good. Yeah. yeah well, he told him to do a lick of research, and now this guy's like, eviction moratorium gone, Anders. Right. I will never do research. <laughs> this is a huge win for him um, <laughs> and his valid and sense of validation. For- Millions of Americans well, it was yeah. surviving on the fringes. This is the Supreme Court, though, right? Right, which he was not predicting. He, you know, this is not this, this is not somebody who <laughs> saw this coming necessarily. And well, he's already, you know, tripping over himself to poo-poo it when it happened, as a lot of people were. Uh, and it's just based on the premise that this what this is somehow the final goal of. The housing movement, as if this is all people like this was Rashida Tlaib's plan, right? Yeah, and the, and that and the other assumption is that somehow you know Cory Bush had the power to do more, and she just decided didn't want to, and she she could have given she could have made housing a commodity or, or decommodified it if she wanted to, but she just doesn't want to do that, so she only bestowed upon the people a 30-day moratorium, right? No no real power analysis there. Uh, and, you know... Uh, it, there is something to say about uh, the fact that it was the Supreme Court doing it, which is not an elected position and is pretty much like uh, the pool of oracles in Minority Report but for deciphering the laws of the United States. And we just have to hope they die at the right times to come out on your side politically. And yeah. uh, we live in a very uh, a stable government framework. I think it's going to last a long time. I would buy war bonds now if you can. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I've, I've, I've we've talked about this. At least I, I have on redacted. But like the Supreme Court is, you know, something we need to do something about. And that's something people can address, too. And what we need to start doing is demanding of politicians that they are if they're going to pass a law that you add a rider that says the supreme court can't rule on it because that's kind of the cheat code that people aren't talking about like we, we talk about packing the court pack the court pack the court uh samuel moyne who's a legal scholar at i think yale has said like that's a waste of 
of energy because that's just going to go, um, you know, that's just going to get more packed and more packed. The real solution is to just find ways to disempower the court uh, because there there isn't as they don't a lot of their power and their precedent is based on norms more so than actual rule of law. So like we don't have to let them rule on this stuff. It's just been sort of assumed that they need to have that ability because that's the way the system. So you're, about you're saying well. that you can pass laws with like a little stamp on them that if they touch it, their hands burn. Yes. Yeah. They don't have to, you could, there's, a, there's stuff they don't have jurisdiction over. We could just expand that to things like housing, things like this. Um, so yeah, no one thought that, I mean, it is, it was a good thing that people got to stay in their homes for an extra 30 days. And the rejoinder to that is like, oh, well, uh, it's crumbs that they're still going to get kicked out eventually. And if you had, you know, sat out there on the steps and demanding, demanded housing as a full human right, which of course I support, organizations that I'm involved with support, uh, then with something would have better would have happened, which is just not, again, not really thinking through how this stuff works. If Cory Bush had gone out there and said, I'm not leaving until housing is completely decommodified, she would still be there. She went out there with a specific goal and was able to get it for a period of time that helped people stay in their homes. That's I think that's not everything. World. That's not there's that's not a huge victory, right? But that is a small victory. And if you're not going to have small victories to build on and develop momentum from, you're not going to get the big stuff, right? It's not this all or nothing thing. And you know, I've said this before, but like, if you really genuinely think that. Cory Bush and the squad or whatever, they're hopeless, they're sellouts, they're the fraud squad or whatever. That's I that's fine. There's a lot, a shitload of other stuff happening in the country, around the world, that you should be covering and involving yourself with. That's not electoral. But these people don't do that. They just they've dedicated themselves to video after video after video of uh dunking on the few politicians who are not bought off and then people and then the sort of meta commentary of people commenting on that and commenting on debates. It's a, it's a negative feedback loop that is is really bad and just is not helping the movement at all. If you don't care, if you don't like electoral politics, I plenty of respect for that. I have a lot of friends who don't believe in electoralism and they actually do shit. That here's my idea. Um, Cory Bush stayed outside steps Capitol Hill for some time helped push the eviction moratorium an extra 30 days. What if we built her some kind of clubhouse, large wooden structure on the steps, she gets to live on the steps and kind of pop out spook people sometimes, kind of becomes like a local monster in the D.C. metro area. Your thoughts? I'd be for it. I mean, the monster thing might be get a little weird. Um, there are all, there are all kinds so. of these. I'm sure you could like they have all these sorts of weird rules on with the Capitol Police. They're like you can congregate, but you can't like, and can't you can sleep here, but you can't you know go into the you can't stand over here. You can stand over there though, and you you can't actually have a, a demonstration, but you can have a protest. It's just these weird rules. So I would not be surprised if like. 
that is allowed, but there's some weird exception where it can be stucco, but it can't be wood or something like that. You can't wear antlers on your head and pop out of your cabin claiming to be the ghost of Andrew Jackson. Not anymore. Not, not after that guy. Revenge. The J6 uh-huh. shaman guy probably put a stop to the antlers. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot about the shaman. There's been so much happening in the last year, man. There were no antler laws <laughs> the year before this. I know. January 6th was only seven months ago, and it was the funniest day in American history. Maybe the world. So far. So far, yeah. Right. Things could change. You know, the negative well, feedback loop thing you're talking about is interesting. I mean, just think about it. Look at Twitter and think about it. No one who is obsessed with pointing out this very specific thing about AOC and the squad is normal or has a is having a normal <laughs> time. No one is like smart and then they're also like and I also think it's really important to point this out because if you're smart you don't think it's that important to point out because it's a thing everybody already kind of knows. Nobody Right. I mean there I think there are legitimate criticisms of them it's just that it has become this sort of cottage industry of non-stop criticism and you know it's a cottage industry not only monetarily for like greg glenn greenwald and people like that but also just for insane people for the likes like there's like a like a like a mirror economy on twitter that shows you the direction that just interest moves in that with people like amy Teresa or whatever just getting likes off of stuff that you can see, you can almost look at that and then go, oh, I bet I could like grab onto this fucking wave of momentum and then add a Patreon to it or whatever, or a little journalism makeshift career, and then become a full-on grifter. But those two things are just reflections of like the same impulse, which is just jacking off. Like it's just it's not important. It's just like you're you're like a ninth grader who just read Howard's Zinn or something, and you're like running around yelling that the sky is falling about some shit that most people already know and have sort of integrated and worked past. Or at least people in your, like, in you know, your world, if you're in politics or whatever. Patreon right. could be a good vessel to fund a monster clubhouse. The one Provided with... you're, you're giving weekly or monthly monster <laughs> benefits. I to I'm sure it's being get. worked on. We could Someone's do that. Yeah, man, I wish COVID wasn't coming back because we could finally do the haunted house that I've always wanted to do. Right? Oh yeah, remember when we do do that haunted house? There's going to be a lot of touching. (laughs) We were going to be a lot of contact. Yeah, that's why you got to get back to it now. We were going to do capitalism, the haunted house, at one point. And then there is no house, and we're like, "You're in it. You're always in it." Yeah, it's your homeless. Your house, houseless. I'm sorry if anyone gets mad at me. Oh God! <laughs> I saw your house. <laughs> yeah, get it, man. There's no haunted house in the future. It yeah, belongs... I went to this haunted house and they just stole my home. <laughs> <laughs> they they stole the deed to my home. <laughs> Didn't seem to provide any kind of service of any kind. <laughs> <laughs> it's my house now, man. <laughs> Surprise. Uh, but yeah, so I think another 
thing to underscore here is that, like, yeah, like I said, there's there are legitimate criticisms, but the problem is there has been because of the way social media functions a dearth of perspective on you. Know, like, you only if you're on like left wing Twitter, you really only pretty much hear or see the uh, bad stuff, right, or the stuff that. Is you know people are critical of whether or not that's always a hundred percent fair, um, but there's but people are not talking right now. If you're if you're interested in federal politics, which you don't have to be, but if you're talking about Congress and what's going on there, people have not mentioned in this sort of milieu we're describing the uh, infrastructure situation in which the squad, along with a lot of other sort of progressives who are, you know, maybe not where we are politically, but have nonetheless unified to demand that before the bipartisan infrastructure bill is passed, which is a, like a boondoggle for the status quo, right? It, it, you know, there are things in it that are fine and good, and repairing roads and bridges and airports and shit like that. But there's a lot of money for, uh, for blue how, hydrogen. How many, how many trains are we getting? Do you know? I was trying to get a train count. I don't. Th I think not enough. I believe there's some Amtrak money in there, but we need to like build you know, high speed <laughs> rail to so you we can. We have be able the to... train president. We have right. Mister Two Damn Trains in there. Amtrak. I think there's some for that, but but in order to pass that bill, the bipartisan bill, uh. The House progressives have demanded that first you have to pass the budget reconciliation bill, which is a lot better, right? Not perfect either, but it has money for quote unquote human infrastructure, money for education, childcare, climate change, stuff like that. So it's not the top of my wish list, of course, but it would significantly, it would be a win, I think. I would deign to say the bipartisan infrastructure bill would be. A win, and uh, there have been the past week a group of moderates holding it up, and there's very little attention from this sort of um, ultra left slash reformistosphere about that uh, group of nine and sometimes ten, depending on the day, Congress people who are holding up the uh, reconciliation package, um, and this has been a, a very Amusing story, I think, because the ringleader is this dude from New Jersey named Josh Gottheimer, who is basically like a wannabe Rahm Emanuel. He's a like conservative Democrat uh, from a safe blue district, but he's very much on the sort of right flank of the Democratic Party um, and is holding up the... He would like to one day cover up a murder, allegedly. <laughs> Honestly, yes, because you know, this is a great story about him. All the other congresspeople from New Jersey hate him. They don't like him. Bill Pras Pasquel, who is this like very old sort of progressive guy from Patterson, had a uh, he used the guy who the Onion did a headline a couple years ago where they were saying Bill Pasquel applies to join the squad. Um, oh, he's like this old Italian guy. I remember. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> But he had a birthday party at a bar in Patterson that was owned by a state uh, legislator in New Jersey. And they invited Josh Gottheimer out of obligation. And he shows up 
and they find out he's wearing a bulletproof vest because he's <laughs> from like an affluent suburb and Patterson is a bit, you know, it's not uh, exactly like, you know, Bed-Stuy in the 70s or something, but it's it's a lower he income. Was, he was afraid he would be shot several times in the chest. Yes. So he wears a bulletproof vest and and they find that out. And he's like, I, I was wearing it for a ride along. I was on a ride along with a cop. Uh, <laughs> and they're like, so why didn't you take it off? Why didn't you, you have anything to do with that? You're going to Patterson. So he wound up getting kicked out of the party. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Oh, no. That's almost like a Curb Your Enthusiasm style moment. I'm like, oh, yeah, I meant to take off the vest. Yeah. I just, I, went, I showed up at the party. I was wearing the vest. I forgot I had it on. It was already very comfortable. Just wear the vest. I can't do Jeff Garland. It's, I don't know how to sound like that. Just wear the Where? vest. Where? Why are you wearing Where? the vest? Like that. Why does he sound like he's all right. dying all the time? <laughs> Alan Dershowitz. <laughs> yeah, but um, so this uh, bill, the the uh, non-bipartisan, the um, the reconciliation package was just voted on in in the House because the left stood tall, right? And you know the critics are going to say, oh well, that's because it's it's not that good of a bill. Um, but it does a lot of good stuff, and it raises taxes on wealthy people to pay for it, uh, which is why they were objecting. And this group, No Labels, which is a dark money uh, pack, basically, put out an ad. This is Naomi Klein's evil pack. <laughs> for every good thing she does, she likes to do an evil thing to match it so that she's balanced. It's no, you know, after No Logo, logo came out, yeah. people were like asking her to go into business with them and like sell like attire and bags with the No Logo logo on it. That's insane. We read your book. We'd like you to be the new Michelin man. How does that sound? <laughs> we want you to be Bybendum. Do you know that's his name? His name is. That's the name of the Michelin man? The Michelin man is named by Bendem, and he is, Michelin has been around since, like, they first started vulcanizing rubber in, like, the 1910s or 100s or whatever. And the, oh, I remember that. The vulcanizing? I think vulcanizing. vulcanizing. That's how you, like, you turn rubber That's what it's into rubber. Yeah. Learn like, one thing about rubber, Anders. Like Spock. Um, so, remember how I talked about in the cocaine episode? They found, like, the rubber shit coming out of the plants in uh, South America uh -huh. while they were down there. They brought it back. And then while they were figuring out all this chemical testing, they figured out the process of vulcanization somewhere in Europe. And uh, I think it's where the first blimps came from. It was like they were figuring it, they were just like going crazy with this process of like refining and shaping rubber into stuff. Anyway, uh, by the Goodyear or Michelin Tire Company starts selling tires and they had this mascot they made out of a bunch of tires. I guess they spray painted white called by Bendem. Who now he looks like a like a blob, like a fun blob. But mm -hmm. if you look up old pictures of him, they are fucking terrifying. They're all in like sepia, and he's all he just looks like an abomination. Like kill me. There's one where he's riding a bicycle made out of two tires that are ostensibly part of his body, like Body World. Oh, yeah. The Michelin Company's real weird. They're also the How same. How do you spell by Bendum? B i b e n d u m. And they're also, have you ever heard of a like a restaurant that's like three Michelin star rated or whatever? 
Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence. That's the same company. They do two things. They make tires. Yeah. And they are really? and they review the restaurants. Okay, so I it's have my head up. In my head, I was always like, with the tires of the red. Yeah, no, no that's, you... too, that's too stupid, Anders. But it's true. Okay, I don't think that's what you sound like, man. In my head, I do. My brain is just kind of like ginger ale. You're a charming young man, and you you don't sound like that. But the Bibendum classic does, and the ads are in Italian. Look like a mummy, and that's a problem you're gonna run into. Yeah, they're real weird. Cause no one wants to buy a tire from a mummy. Uh, There's probably terrible consequences. Maybe at our haunted house, people will. That's yeah. right, mummy tire. We could have by Bendem come out, and he could be one of the monsters in the in the late capitalism haunted house or whatever. Can you see this? Can you see this? Okay, so this is by Bendem. Uh, in Italian, uh, he's reaching out towards the viewer, towards the customer to sell them a tire. And he has a hole in the middle of his hand, I guess, because he's a tire. But it just looks like he's been crucified. <laughs> yeah, it man. looks like a stigmata hole. Yeah. yeah. He's a Christ figure. He's he's deflated for our scenes. Uh. <laughs> I don't know if I want that out of a tire company. <laughs> a Christ figure. <laughs> you don't want by Bendham's love to salvage your heart eternally from the fires of tire hell, which is a pile of tires. Save me from rough roads. <laughs> that rubber heart. Yeah, he's got the crown of thorns on his head, and it just makes him like. <laughs> You can tell it's a good tire because the thorns don't go in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, by Bendham's in the news. What the hell are we talking about right. before I start? And talking? you know who is probably getting sent money from the by Bendham industry is No Labels and the Unbreakable Nine, as they were called, who were backed up by the banks, Big Pharma, uh, who stand to lose because of the reconciliation package because uh it would possibly lead to better prescription drug prices which is a big no-no for big pharma um so they cut this ad basically praising the nine congress people who are standing in the way of this um budget bill that would like make a lot of improvements um and the ad they used was so bizarre because it's like a bunch of the Congress people talking interlaced with like a clip from the movie Lincoln. So they're like comparing these people to Abraham Lincoln. Which which clip is it? Uh, is it when he's going to lock up his wife? <laughs> Does that happen in Lincoln? Yeah, she's like giving him sass and he's trying to do the Civil War and he goes, I'll clap you in the madhouse! Oh, Mary Todd. She was in the Madhouse. Yeah, she had some issues. She got well, addicted maybe she to, didn't. Um, maybe she was persecuted. That's true. It's probably just history's written a certain way. But she, uh, at least legend has it, allegedly, after he died, she got addicted to um, table readings. Like, you used to be able to do, like, group psychic readings around that time because right. spiritualism was a <laughs> huge read, thing. And she would go into them. screenplays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was doing punch-up. 
No, they were. They would like, <laughs> you know, like a psychic would be like, "All right, does anyone want to talk to anyone?" And she would come in and use a fake name, but everyone knew it was her. And she'd be like, "I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to talk to Abraham Lincoln for no reason." Everyone's, "Oh, Mary Linder is back, everyone <laughs> again." <laughs> I'm just some woman. I could be anybody, but the ghost I would like to speak to is former President Abraham Lincoln. I think it would be nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just learn a different costume every week at the same place. <laughs> yeah. Maybe that'll happen at our haunted house. Yeah, if you're fun. a member of the Lincoln family, you can talk to Honest Ed at a seance. Yeah, we'll get a we ghost have to really Lincoln. work on what the house is. No, we got three things so far. A, it's not a house. B, by Bendham is there. And three, Ghost Lincoln. I think this is pretty good. Ghost cool. Lincoln. It's an empty parking lot with by Bendham and Ghost Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> There's also talk about stealing the customer's house when they go to our house. I think that's impractical. We should take it out. Yeah. That's for high level tier Patreon tiers. Yeah. Subscribers. But another uh dead another dead person who they featured in the ad was Senator Jay Bullworth, who's fictional character, of course. Um but if if anybody's seen the movie Bullworth he was like the antithesis. I mean, uh, and you, if you've seen this or heard the Chapo episode about it, you know, but he goes through a transition where at first he is basically one of these politicians, these no-label fucks, who's like a moderate a Democrat who's wants to just gut the welfare state and, you know, give free reign to corporations. Uh, and then he snaps and like becomes like a lefty for the the end of the movie um so it, it's they're completely missing the point of bullworth uh so they put him in there and uh then they send this ad out they cut this ad for him and, and it just i don't think it worked i think people saw through it uh because there was a competing ad kind of surreally from justice democrats that was that were basically saying this congressperson is standing in the way of joe biden's agenda don't you love president joe well your congressperson who's a democrat is stifling his agenda so it appears to have worked knock on wood so hopefully we will get this um and again not enough not but it is i think what it would think it would be a a win however, however small that we can use to build uh more wins Ads are so important, and that's just one reason why we should not bust them. And to bust the ads is an ultra-left <laughs> stance that can't be followed through on with a pragmatic basis. That's right. Yeah, that's no right. bust. R slash no bust, no, no ad bust. It's a- R slash no bust. I'm going to see if there's one now, but if not, we could get it started. All right. I was trying to turn this into a nofap thing, but my brain's not really running on all the cylinders today. You no bust instead of nofap, so you can fap, but as long as you don't bust. Is that it? Is okay, that what edging wait. is? I guess that's just edging. No. Yeah. That's edging. That's not really. All right, so I typed in r slash no bust, and it took me to r India social. Uh, so I no guess idea. India social already owns no bust. What is India social? <laughs> It says, welcome to India Social, where we can discuss, share, and enjoy everything which is casual about India and Indians, strictly non, uh, non-political. Oh, so I guess if you go there, 
Don't bring up politics. Don't mention this show. This is just casual India talk for Indians. Oh, wait. No. I know why. Tantric sex. That's why in the India social Reddit owns no bust. Because that's the point of tantric sex is that you don't bust. I think that is why, and I'm not going to look into it, and I'm dusting off my hands. No ad bust is when you, you like, edge, like, you you, you want to do uh, crime think stuff really hard, but you don't finish it. But then you don't do it. <laughs> I've actually been doing that my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got it. All right. Is there anything else we want to cover here? I think we got to a lot of important stuff today. I kind of want to talk about the new Taliban or the new ISIS, rather, um, and what's going Sponsor on. Sponsor for the show. <laughs> ISIS K, ISIS X. Yeah, dude, ISIS X. <laughs> it's ISIS K is the new ISIS that is uh, responsible for the attack yesterday, or is claiming responsibility. Remember they used to do that every week. Every time something happened, they just were like, "We did it." And it was like, "Did they we really?" But they're called ISIS K yeah. because they're like a specific chapter of isis or something and and uh Are... trump called them isis x because <laughs> 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 he fucking rules um well yeah he he said isis x first then it was like and isis k uh, i mean uh isis x is real though and it uh it, you won't believe what it's gonna be like man it's it's <laughs> It's going to make <laughs> ISIS original look like a bunch of preschoolers. Yeah, it's like he I think he kind of realized that he messed up and then went he covered his tracks by saying, "No, I was doing a bit about how there's going to be so many ISISs eventually we get to ISIS we X. Get to X. It's going to be crazy, dude, but he clearly just said the wrong thing. <laughs> ISIS I ISIS Z is that going to be the ultimate incarnation? That's their Zoomers. That's when they oh. they uh, they do the Fortnite dances and they say no cap like the SNL sketch. See, see now we're doing punch up of Donald Trump. <laughs> this is <laughs> which is very hard. Trump up, and yet we're punching down at Mary Todd Lincoln for her table read pursuits. Man, right. Hypocritical of us. Punching in every direction. I remember in the early 2000s, like post 9 11, there were some forest fires in like California. No. And uh, there was an Al Qaeda guy who was just like, Yeah, that was us. <laughs> I think somebody asked him, <laughs> yeah. some like right wing yeah. nutcase in America was like, We got to, you know, we can't blame this on global warming. It's like, it's, it must have been Al Qaeda. And so they reached out. It was like, Yep, yep, we did that. Well, it's just part of their, their like, Part of a terrorism tactic or whatever the fuck you want to call what they're doing is like, you want to seem like you're really dangerous. So a good way to do that was just wait for things to naturally occur. And they go, that was us. We were responsible for everything that's killed a person here for a long time. You know, like think about us every time you think about this shit. And it works. People were so terrified of ISIS, like, you know, seven years ago when all those decapitation videos were coming out and stuff. They're real scary. It's a fake it till you make it kind of strategy. And it does work with uh, with Republican optics as well, because I remember last year for the big fire in California, uh, the the blame changed from 
the incredibly dry season, which is obviously like the majority of the issue why the entire state went up in flames, or are there terrorist cells setting fire in our forests to make it look like our forests are flammable? And then that became a big part of the narrative is a uh, Antifa, right? Antifa fire, fire we- that is against trees Antifa are fascist. Fire. Trees are well. Then literally, fascism means bundle. The fasces is a bundle of sticks, which shares a root word with another word. Oddly enough, but uh, but yeah, they, do your own research. Yeah, figure it out yourself. We're not gonna get canceled <laughs> for it, but it is pretty funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so an Antifa guy would burn down a tree because he's like, "You're a oh, fasces," but no, they, they fasces. <laughs> they, they used the same tactics like a hundred years ago and said it was anarchists, wobblies, and shit. Um, I want to go back to ISIS X. Do you think Trump is just, he's been getting kind of woke online recently on his alt Twitter account and he was trying to use the gender neutral version a la Latinx of ISIS? And then he realized it's uh, not a real thing. Is ISIS itself not gender neutral? Uh, is Latin not gender neutral? Well, I guess it's the people that say Latino or Latina. Latino. I mean, I think it is, but... I think if we want a real answer, we should ask somebody from ISIS and see what their thoughts are on gender neutrality. Yeah. What if they're really woke? I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some people out there like that. Because, yeah, some of them are, do get... It's not uncommon for like people from wealthy bourgeois families uh, to, you know, even study in Europe and other places then come back and join ISIS. So, could happen. You can't have a gender if you don't have a head, man. Join you can't ISIS. have a gender if you don't have a head. <laughs> That's our new yeah. shirt for selling. <laughs> I like how Trump is saying that Biden has undone everything he did at the border, which is... Pretty dubious. Like, get <laughs> like, real, Donald Trump. Which border? The greatness levels have just fallen. They've taken a nosedive in the past few months, according to him. America was great again for four years, and then the great the greatness index just took a plunge. It's crashed. Uh, yeah, but like it's the same basic policy. Uh, I guess the thing is, uh, I guess it's the wall, right? Because Biden and the Democrats at large are like, we don't need a wall. That's terrible. But they are building um, a smart border, which is just a series <laughs> of like little traps and lasers and drones and things that keep people from crossing. It's the, the invisible we've, fence for dogs. We've talked about it. Yeah. Yeah. We've literally had the vice president say, do not come, which may have been sort of a no a no bust she also comment, went to vietnam and said america is back which is like a horrible wow. thing to say in vietnam <laughs> there are still mines everywhere <laughs> yeah. i was down in texas on this fucking tour man and you'd see like billboards of a uh, little local psychotic you know politician guys who bought tons of billboards and they would just say like, um, you know, finish the wall, vote for me or whatever. It's a stupid cultural issue down there. It's the wall is happening one of two ways. It's just physical wall versus smart wall is how you signify that you're either like 
you know, one type of asshole or the other, you know? Yeah. A, a, a xenophobic person who thinks immigrants are taking jobs and that's how the economy works versus like a weird, stupid, liberal Texan who's just like, what if, but if it's a, a tech wall, it'll be better for all of us. <laughs> we can't waste American bricks. We need those for our roads. Yeah. <laughs> it creates jobs. Piloting the drones from Austin. <laughs> what is um, Beto up to these days, by the way? Is he going to run for governor? Well, I think about 10 of his sons ruined a comedy show me and Avery were doing in El Paso. That was the only show we had. That wasn't. We did it, all right. But it got kind of rough in the middle because there were a bunch of these little pop-collar dickheads having a birthday party. But to answer your question in actual sincerity, I'm not actually sure what he's up to. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't ask. (laughs) I just wanted to share that little anecdote. (laughs) (laughs) I called them Betos from the stage, and I don't think they understood. They were like, you call us Betos? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, yeah, say six of one, half a dozen of the other, pal. You know what I'm saying? Beta Beto. Well, there is uh, one of the nine uh, Democrats I was talking about earlier, Henry Henry Quaylar, is getting challenged again by Jessica Cisneros, who's a justice Democrat-backed. I think she may be DSA-endorsed. I'm not totally sure. But um, Nancy Pelosi has actually been, I think, decent. And, you know, I have to temper everything I say about her. Uh, she sucks, of course, but she's been kind of decent at getting this um, – bill passed the budget resolution because i think she realizes the writings on the wall democrats are going to lose in 2022 she's going to be gone pretty soon and she wants some like semblance of respect from future generations who are going to look back and see just all the shit she let the far like you know hardcore republicans get away with she 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 impeached trump but not bush which is ridiculous, uh, and it's just a terrible, terrible person. So she wants to have some sort of legacy. Um, so she wants to, you know, invest in childcare and things next year. Um, but she is partially responsible for this situation because she went and raised money for Henry Quaylar, who was uh, being challenged by Cisneros in 2020. Uh, so she she's sort of like created her own dilemma in a sense because yeah these people just have a belief in incumbency and and all that but that, that that's an exciting race to watch i think i do actually have a couple notes about texas um covid's real bad there and a couple things happened i think i mentioned this on the bonus but a greg abbott got covid while we were down there and that's always very funny because right. like the guy doing the thing catches the thing right uh, but something else that's really fucked up down there is, um, you know, obviously all the th- usual things that go along with COVID, like the reopening schools and forcing kids into schools. But um, specific to the world that we work in, fucking, uh, we were, you know, trying to make it mandatory to show Vax cards to get into our shows. There's this thing in Texas called the TABC, the Texas Alcohol and Blood Commission, I think. Texas. Hmm. Uh, alcohol alcohol something i don't know whatever it's like a specific no one knows what it is it's a specific organization um 
or a board or whatever that's set up to enforce liquor laws, and it just has all sorts of stupid things attached to it. And so, like, if you work in bars in Texas, you'll get undercover TABC officers all the time that are, like, just there to make sure that you card them and stuff like that. And if you don't do it, you can be, uh, if you're, like, a bartender, you can be taken out of the fucking bar on your shift in handcuffs and just take it to jail like if you fuck up it's really stupid it puts all the onus on the fucking worker um well anyway style yeah (laughs) um well anyway they are making it illegal to uh require mandatory vaccinations to get into bars and restaurants in texas and they're using the tabc to enforce this law, so if you your bar can get shut down if you are like requiring vax cards oh via a bouncer or something like that, because you can get busted by a fucking TABC officer undercover for it, just for I I don't know, like culture war reasons or whatever. Because I feel like Greg Abbott keeps throwing out all of this like anti mask anti vax stuff as a way to appease his, like, crowd, like, his voters and stuff like that. Like, right after the fucking, uh, the freeze, he just randomly was like, no more masks! Why? Just because he wanted people to like him more, because he knows that they're all riled up about shit like that, to distract the fact that he mishandled the fucking grid thing so bad, right? And so, I don't really understand the nuts and bolts of, like, even how this happened, but this is fucked up, dude, because you've got people that are forced to work in bars and restaurants because they, you know, there's way less of a safety net down there than there ever was up here, but it's going away up here too. People have had to go, been back to work for like a year now, you know, and uh, mm. you're forced to work, and you can't even protect yourself or your staff, even if you're the fucking owner, from COVID. It's really fucked up. How did did this ever come up at the shows? We couldn't require vax in uh, Texas. I mean, we, you kind of do it anyway, but like you could potentially have been like all arrested for it. Are you allowed to I like don't... incentivize vet? Like you got a free drink if you're vaxxed? I mean, nope. It's, I, it's the wild <laughs> it west, matter. baby. Like stuff stuff happened. You know, I'm not going to go into specifics, but stuff happened. I mean, there were different things that were attempted and. And di- different places you went, people were just either uh, abiding by it or not. I mean, at one point there was this rule where you can't mandatory or you can't require vaccination status, but masks were mandatory. Like, what is that all about? How does that fucking work? But also, people weren't following the mask rules because it's yeah, it's a bar, you know. That's good. Yeah, is, are they gonna do a similar thing for ivermectin? Like you, oh, bars or bars going to be allowed to insist that everybody you take can horse only be served <laughs> yeah. if you've taken horse from. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> forgot about this. Yeah. I wanted to talk about this because since I was on tour, like I kind of was off like line. I was just wasn't checking the news as much and stuff. And like when you do that for a week or two in our modern reality, it gets really weird. Like you kind of check back in and you're like. Horse parasites, huh? Interesting. <laughs> Didn't see that one coming. So this is new and very funny to me as of like a day or two ago that this is the new thing that like right-wing 
Facebook guys are all obsessed with is like, don't let the government not take, let me take my horse dewormer. (laughs) 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 That doesn't really work, right? Isn't this just hydroxychloroquine all over again? Is there any chance that you could get the worm without it? I guess is my question. Because COVID aside, I would not like to get a horse worm. Yeah. I actually want it, which is why I think I think ivermectin works for COVID, but I, it also works for deworming. And I don't want COVID, but I want my worms. So I'm not getting it. And I got the vaccine instead. <laughs> That's just me, though. I don't think you should take it at this point because it's not going to be relevant culturally by the time you get your horse remover now. It's like two seconds. It's going to be like two news cycles old. They're administering it. Taking horse dewormer. <laughs> They're giving it to prisoners in, in like Alabama or Arkansas. I can't remember which one. Like, Jesus you know, it's prison, so you have no say over it. It's pretty fucked up. Uh, can it hurt you, though, or is it just like doesn't work? It can't be good. <laughs> it kills the worms in horses. Yeah. yeah. yeah people, horses, yeah. were built different. Yeah. That much I know. I don't know. Uh, what? No, this won't translate to podcast at all. I was going to do a joke uh-huh. about Neil Brennan not understanding parasites, so he takes horse dewormer. He takes horse dewormer. All right, everyone. <laughs> Who is the horse dewormer? Like, fucking a year ago or whatever, Neil Brennan came online and was like, all right, can we all admit we didn't understand Parasite? And then everyone was making fun of him because it's a very heavy-handed film about class issues and stuff. Mm -hmm. So my joke is that he doesn't understand (laughs) real parasites. Right. Okay. (laughs) And so he takes ivermectin. Uh... I think it's good. I think we should run it. I think we got it's got legs. All right. Well, we'll try it again next week. Um, I think <laughs> legs we get like a horse. <laughs> That's right. Four of them. All right, everyone. Hey, we've got a live show in New York City on nine ten, the day before nine eleven. It's a Friday. Ticket links are in the bio and everything. Please come on out. For 9-11 Eve with PDA. At Caveat NYC. Also, I'm going to be in Atlanta uh, randomly on this thing called Dragon Con on the 4th of September. So that's next Saturday. Just for a day. I don't know how I got roped into this. Um, Party with us like the building is going to be hit by two separate planes. (laughs) (laughs) Or possibly three. Depending on who you ask. I don't know if that was a theory, but... Or a, uh, you know, a demolition gun, or whatever they think. (laughs) Got Building 7. Does anybody else have anything to plug? Uh, Um, At... You go, Alex. I would like to plug at Andersley here. Anders' Twitter, where you can follow him and all of his updates. And he's on Redacted Tonight. Live on television, so you can watch him with your your whole family. You gotta check it out. It's at Andersley here on Twitter. Thank you for that. I appreciate it. And for my plug, I will say, uh, if you are mad about the eviction moratorium getting shot down and just the state of housing in general in this country, uh, get off Twitter, please. Seriously. 
there's a, a great tweet from a DSA chapter in Los Angeles not so long ago. Tweeting is not organizing. And so many people just could not handle that, that truth. They said it's ableist, which is fucking nonsense. <laughs> there are a lot of disabled people who do a shitload of good work. Um, you can use the internet for organizing, but tweeting is not organizing. Please get involved in a local housing organization, Tenants Union, here in D.C. We have Stomp Out Slumlords just doing great work. If you don't believe in electoral organizing, that's perfectly fine. Housing, I think, is a huge front of class warfare that everybody needs to be involved in. Uh, and you're just not going to do it by whining online. So please get involved in a tenants organization. I would like to uh, also put out there that eating is not organizing. I just went to a buffet and I'm very <laughs> tired. And it is not helping the revolution at all that I am this tired and that I threw my back out at a buffet and have to lay down now in my Luxor hotel room. Still not exactly clear on how Jake hurt his back. And that's something we're going to be looking into for the next few weeks. Did you eat something that, like, poked the back of your stomach and hurt your back? I think I sat down too hard or something because I was like, yeah, look at all this food. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm going to shatter the bench. <laughs> it's finished. I don't know why I'm Italian now when I do it. It's finished. 